stevige zon. Van het westen uit raakt het bewolkt. Vanmiddag trekken er buien over. Ook gaat het stevig waaien en het wordt 18 tot 21 graden. De komende dagen wisselvallig en iets koeler. Dit was het NOS Journaal. Op zoek naar de beste sportprijzen? Ga naar de Kruissportprijzenzaak aan de Johan Huizing Galaan 82 in Amsterdam. Ze hebben een grote collectie bedrijfenwoords met uw eigen tekst en logo, maar ook graveringen en bedrukkingen op allerlei voorwerpen. De Kruissportprijzen geeft al 35 jaar vakkundig advies een snelle levering tegen concurrerende prijzen. Voor meer informatie kijk op amsterdamsportprijzen.nl of bel 020 615 Yes, your social events, weddings, birthday parties, baby ceremonies, graduation, anniversaries, engagements. All your events can be promoted right here on Voice of Ninja. Yes, you heard me right. Don't know about you because you're not promoting your business. Yeah, we can bring you the awareness that you need for all those revivals, seminars, special events, conferences, church services, your Sunday services, your social events, weddings, birthday parties, baby ceremonies, graduation, anniversaries, engagements. Call us today right now at 6 8460655 that's 0684606550 voice of ninja your place to advertise it's summer and the holiday activities are here again. Southern Wells and will be organizing fun and pleasant activities for all residents. Summer is the time to take a vacation, to relax, and to do fun things with family, friends, and neighbors. For more information, visit www.swazoom.nl or our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thank you.
just say good morning to you. A warm welcome. This is Radio Voice of Niger. And this is our good morning show. My name is Apostle Larry Duggan. I'll be sharing the show this morning. It's a joy to have you also on the other side doing the listening. Very, very welcome you are. Shall we pray? And Lord God, we thank you for another day, another opportunity to breathe the free breath of life. We thank you for taking care of us, watching over us, our households, and everyone that is connected with us. We ask, oh God, that you would be gracious unto us in this new day and this new week. Lead and guide us through successfully, safely, and profitably. Above all, help us to honor you, to appreciate you in every way for all your kindness unto us. Thank you that you are giving us more and more victory over this terrible pandemic. And the more and more we have confidence to carry on with our daily lives. Help everyone out there who needs your help. Touch the weak, heal the sick, protect the vulnerable. Be merciful to those who need your mercy. Thank you for our land. Bless our land. Bless those in authority. Bless everyone. Help everyone. Touch this heart of sinners to repent. And those who are gripped by evil to be loosened in Jesus' name. We give you praise, Father. We give you glory. Be a part of this program and lead it and guide it as you will. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Yeah, yes, in case you just join us, you're listening to Radio Voice of Niger, and uh, this is a good morning show. At this point, I would like to bring to you uh, uh, an inspirational word or a scripture reading. And I'm taking this one from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 from the verse 1. It says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls south or toward the north, in the place where it falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning, so thy seat. In the evening, we hold not thy hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, whether they both shall be alike good. Amen. Well, a few words of exhortation telling us to look ahead. Not to withhold when it comes to expending our effort, our energy, our time in doing what is right because we do not know which one will prosper, either of them or either of the ones we are working on or dealing with or all of them. In this day and age when a lot of people have been thrown into uncertainty, don't let your creativity die. That is what the word of the Lord says. Half minutes past the hour, we bring it to you the miracles of Jesus. An exhortational message by Apostle Hella Ruth Dokino.
pain and you are hearing my voice, it is a privilege. I'm being here this morning, positioned by the Holy Spirit to let you know that you were a drunkard last night, but this morning you can be new. You were a whore last night, but this morning you can be new. You were a murderer last night, but this morning you can be new. You were a thief last night, you but this morning you can be made whole just by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. You can receive him not by going to heaven. No, you can receive him wherever you are at this very moment just by making a proclamation saying, Jesus, the Son of the living God, come into my life and live from today. I acknowledge the Father I'm a sinner and I've sinned all through my life, but now I want you to come into my life and be my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you in my life today as my Lord and personal Savior. Dwell in me, use me, and move through me in Jesus' name. Just by this wonderful confession, you automatically have been moved from the old person who was a tool in the hand of the devil. Now you become a new creature. Why? Because you are now in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all done and what? All things have become what? New. That is how dramatic it is. And because it is so dramatic and so miraculous and very simple to confess, that's why people do not they do not believe that it can be so authentic. Until you confess this, make this wonderful confession and begin to experience the newness, you will not know it's possible. Do not allow the devil to hold you where he held you last night. This is a new day. The Bible said that new every morning is God's faithfulness. God is more interested in blessing us than in cursing us. He's more interested in making you new than in working with you with your old nature. The Bible said, for the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which he was lost. He did not, he did, he did, he did, he, Jesus did, did not come for those who are too righteous. He came to seek and save the lost. And for the sake of you, God sent his only begotten son to come down to die, to seek and save the lost. The lost. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the lost. Now I'm going to read a, a scripture which is the main text uh, of, uh, of what I want to say. In this main text, you will see how God took a male woman. He took a woman from nothing or from his of her old nature and she gave this woman a, an outstanding transformation. Why? Because this woman allowed the Lord to help to change her old nature. You see, if you do not allow Christ to come in you and you do not allow him to change you, you will continue to burn. You will continue to be wounded. You will continue to dwell in a patched land. You will never be healed. And by the way, this one time we have come into life, make a good use of faith. You should not allow anybody to undermine or determine who you become. Circumstances should not determine your joy and then you live a sorrowful life all the days long just because something happened in your life you had no control about. That should not determine all your existence. You have the right to make the right 
right choice. And I'm offering you the right choice this morning because somebody offered the same choice to a woman 2,000 years ago. Until today, we are still reading that same woman because she was transformed. She allowed the Lord to change her own nature. I'm positioned this morning to let you know that you can still be who God wants you to be. Your life can still be amended. Your life can still be renewed. You can be who God wants you to be. If only you can allow the world to change you. You can present yourself and say, yes, I'm tired of the old nature. Let me take the new nature. Say, I hear you. Now in the book of John chapter 4, quickly take your Bible and let's read together. John chapter 4 is a long text we're going to read. But when you read it, I will want you to mark the interesting aspects of those uh, verses that will minister to you because some other day, I believe, or later in the day, you're going to use them. Now, the Bible tells us from verse 3, he left Judea, that's Jesus, and departed again into Galilee, and he must need go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being willing with his journey, sat sat just on the well and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, accept drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank therefore himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall test again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never test. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into an everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I test not, neither come hither to draw. You see, she wanted it in an easy way and that's what many of us do. We go to church, we just want the easy miracle. We don't want a change. We don't want the old nature to go, but we just want the, the preacher man or preacher woman to just perform miracle immediately that will take away our sicknesses and take away our disappointments and take away our, our old relationships and give us new ones. You see, but we don't want a change. Exactly. This woman wanted the water of life to flow into her. She said, give it to me to drink so that I come not here again and I test no more. Jesus said unto her, go, call thy husband and come hither. Mm. Go and call the husband. Jesus pointed to her the very root the very old nature that she has been, you know, she has lived in. The very old nature that destroyed her, made her unpopular. The very old nature of 
sin that have been eating her up. It is like most of us who have gone to church yesterday, but after we just shared a benediction, you went back to your fornication. We shared a benediction. Wow, you just carry your Bible and, and just tell it again and move back to your adulterous life. Move back to your lying spirit. Move back to your 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 your, your jungle. You know where you go, clue clue clue, like a, a, a like a submarine engineer. You go back deep 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 into your lies, into into your jealousy, into your bitterness. You see, it's like the church has no place for you. The word of God has no place for you. You cannot live a life better than what you are living. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Something is gonna happen today in your life. I'm challenging you. I dare you to walk out from that old nature and allow the new nature to come in. Oh, because Christ is knocking at the door of your heart right now. So this woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, You have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast it is not thy husband. In that said thou truly. Oh, do you see that? Do you see that this woman, she has been living and pretending to be married when she is not really married, making everybody around her to think that she, the woman, the person he was, you know, squatting with, uh, living together with, was a husband. But somebody came to broach the, the power of lies over her and to reveal nothing but the truth, and that truth was what set this woman free. The, so, 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 so we see here that there are some people who have been living this sort of life this woman had been living. You know, there are some of you, you know, you are not legitimately married, but you've been hanging around with that man to, for, it's almost 30 years now, it's almost 28 years now, making all your children with this man, but they never got married to you. So sometimes you just go to the market and buy some fake rings and put them in your hand. No priest have ever blessed that. Neither did they pay a cent of your dowry or your bride wealth. But you see, and that's why there have been so much of abuse. And your children cannot know the truth because they met you and this man. They are thinking you are legitimately married, but you are not. Little wonder these kids or your daughters, they are 30, 37, and nobody's marrying them because they thought you married and you are not married. You say you can't let yourself lose and speak nothing but the truth and look for a man of God or one of God to join you together so that you can, you know, break that lineage of the old and give your children a newness so that you can position them directly before the Lord so that new things can begin to happen around them. So this woman lived a counterfeit life. This woman was putting that hypocrisy, making people think that the person that she was living with or sporting with was a, a rightful husband. Meanwhile, she had had five husbands that way. And this one may be the sister one. This man, this one also was not ready to marry her until she met Jesus. When she met Jesus, something happened in her life. And those are the things I want us to speak about this very morning. The moment she met Jesus, something happened in her life. The moment nobody can meet Christ and be the same. Nobody can hear the word of the Lord with the right spirit and then be 
the same. Are you hearing me? I am challenging you to be determined this very day to have a newness. It is uh, it is attainable. It is doable. You are capable of doing it because Christ in you, the hope of your glory. Mm. Water is so symbolic in this whole story. You see, water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, a necessary element required for a what? For, for, for our daily function. Water is very, very, very necessary for the functioning of our physical body as well. So it is good for our spiritual body because some, some scripture says we are washed by the washing of the word of God. Do you understand? So what the word, the, the word becomes like water to wash the old away from us. And then so the new, the new, the new Christ can we can put on new Christ. We can put on Christ. We can put on Christ and be like him. And at the same time, in the physical, the, the water is so necessary because 70% of our body composure is made of water. Do you understand me? Now, for the past four days, the weather has been so terrible. I was so shocked when my spiritual son went out to go and buy water yesterday and then he called me back and said, Mom, you know what? I said, no. You see those little water that we use to, they don't want to pack six in a system, which is very convenient for people to drink. When people visit you, you can easily put them one, one, one. So he said, it is totally sold out from the supermarket. I, she, she visited three supermarkets yesterday and they were totally sold out. So what was remaining was only those big, big ones. He said, what? So that is to let you know that the sun that was so heavy for the past three days really dried up people, that people were drinking. My, my own husband, I was in every second just, you know, packing the water as if the, the whole water in his body was was off, was gone, because the sweat was coming too much. Any little thing you do, sweat was coming and coming. And we we, 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 we are in the summer now, but this summer is so intense. So, so we are wondering, if not by the grace of God, you know, who is keeping us? Some people are falling, some people are fainting because the heat is too much over here. So, if there is no water, where would we have been? If there is no water to quench our thirst, where would we have been? Do you understand? So, water is so necessary. And that's what that woman was lacking. That woman was lacking water. That woman was lacking something that was so necessary. Physical water and spiritual water was empty in her life. That which can wash her, make her clean, she never had it. That which can satisfy her taste, she never had it. So she was lacking something which was too necessary for her existence, spiritually and physically. Do you understand? But she was in a place. She was in a place which Jesus didn't really want to go. She, Jesus was not ready to go to Samaria. She was just on her way going to another place and she decided to call her now to Samaria. Because Samaria was like a dry place. It was like a dry land. It was like a, you know, a place that had no water. They had water scarcity. That which is general need of the people was not found there. So somehow along the line, Jesus moved with his disciples and they came to the very well which their forefathers have opened, the, the well of Jacob, and uh, he sat by that well. When Jesus sat by that well, you know, at a very point when Jesus sat at that very, very well, 
You see, that wasn't the right time for women who are normal to come to fetch water. Because in those olden days, they normally have people come to fetch water at, at specific times. So those who are married, they knew the time they normally go to fetch water. And those ones who are well, who are what? Who are, who are, who are not um, old, old, decent. They also have the particular time they normally come to fetch water. And at the same time, the Jews and the Samaritans, they had this concept of calling the, the, the other ones dogs and the other ones called the other ones hidden. You are unworthy. To be hidden means you are unholy. To be hidden means there is, you are unworthy. I don't want you to have any communication with you. So the Jews, they see the Samaritans as dogs and the and Samaritans as well see them as people who are not fit. So there have always been this, this conflict between the Jews and the Samaritans. But I want to thank Jesus that he came to break the status quo. He came to not to cause any discrimination. He came to break the barrier. He came to break the difference. That which has made us, you know, to view others as inferior. Jesus came to break it. That's why a whore, a repented whore, can sit with, with a, a medical doctor in the same church and they shake hands as brothers and sisters. You understand? The barrier is, is totally broken. We don't see people based on their race. We don't see people based on their status quo. That's what Jesus came to break. By going to Samaria and sitting by that wellside and ready to minister to a woman who was a Oh, that Jesus broke the, the, the barrier. Jesus broke that status quo. Jesus made it possible that everyone can come to him. As many who can believe in him as the son of the living God, them he has given power to become the children of God. So you can believe wherever you are right now. You can accept him as your Lord and personal savior. Are you hearing me, somebody? So this whole thing... Put in such a manner that Jesus would be able to meet that woman in her name. So now this woman had come to that well. This woman, she is so unpopular. She could not have gone to that well earlier than that time because she has stayed with so many men who were not hers. And the other women, she has become unpopular in the sight of other women. She has become a snatcher. She has become, you know, a husband snatcher, a boyfriend snatcher. She has become somebody that nobody can trust so she only goes at a time when other women who will gossip about her, who will make her uh, mad, will not see her. Do you understand? So when she went to this well, and then here was a young man, very handsome Jesus, seated. And now Jesus watched what she was doing, and Jesus said, oh, give me to drink. So when Jesus spoke to her, she was thinking, mm, this another, another client has come. You see, maybe it's time to do away with the old. I'm the one I'm looking, I'm living with, and then move along with this one. 
But she found out that this one was just not like the ordinary, the ordinary man who chases her because this one was wearing a long garment, and at the same time, this one was her son, and he noticed that he was a Jewish man, and then he began to 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 to, to tell Jesus a very long story when Jesus asked her, "Give me to drink." Then you look at Jesus and say, "Who are you really? Do do you look at me? That me, who you always call dog, would I give you water to drink?" And then Jesus said. Well, it doesn't matter the argument between the old and the whatever. It doesn't matter. You see, it doesn't matter the argument which you are presenting here. All I want is one thing. Give me to drink. Somebody listening to me. You see, you may have gone to church yesterday. No matter what was preached, it doesn't enter you. No matter what the preacher woman have said, it does not. You don't even allow them to touch that area of your life. Whenever you go to Bible to Sunday school, you ask some irrelevant questions. Oh, why is the sun so hot? Why, 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 why is there war? If Christ is real, why is there war? One thing. Go and call your husband. Because this water which you are requesting from me, you cannot drink it with your old nature. Go and call your husband. Means what Jesus was trying to let her know was that you are not married. You've been living in sin. Somebody does the same thing the Lord is saying to you. All the nature cannot go when all, all, all nature can only go when the truth has been presented to you. When you are now ready to stand and, and hear the truth eyeball to eyeball, you are able to look at the truth and then you accept truth and then you say, Indeed, this is who I am. Indeed, you've hit me below the belt. I am ready for a change. When you you are able to absorb the truthfulness of what the word of God carries, then your new nature will come. And when that new nature comes, it will knock off the old nature. Because the old nature is so small, compared to the new nature that is hanging out and wants to come in. The new nature will empower you, the new nature will help you, will sustain you, and it will make you to recover quickly from where you are falling. Do you understand me, somebody? That's, that, that's why it's very, very urgent and very necessary for you to pick up the new nature. I tell you to pick up that new nature today. I repeat again. Jesus said he came not to what? Not, not just for those who are righteous, but he came to seek and save the lost. Where you are lost with pain and bitterness, with offense, Jesus have released his word this morning to save, to save you, to deliver you from that package which have been harassing you. In a nutshell, and to end up because of time, the Bible said this woman, she looked at Jesus. She told Jesus, I have no husband. Jesus said, you've rightly said, because even the 51 you are saying with, it's not your man. Go and get me your man. This woman said, I have no one. I have no one. The next thing that threw to hit her below the belt, that she ran out from the presence of Jesus, went into the city and got the whole village. He said, come and see a man who have told me the new nature, who have told 
me all I've been wanting. All of you have been looking at me in this village and you have been harassing me. None of you have been bold to come to say, is this man really your husband? Only that you've been whispering and murmuring and gossiping. But come and see a man that told me everything that I've ever been. Come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. I say, come, come, come. You see, when you made the truth, the truth will set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. This morning, I present nothing but the truth to you. Oh, change from the old nature and come into the newness. Change from the old nature. Drop the old nature and come into the newness. In that newness is everlasting life. In that newness is Christ waiting to reveal himself to you. Oh, 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 you can do it. If the Samaritan woman can do it, my sister, my brother, you can do it as well. She went and called the people in the village. She called the very men who have abused her. She called all of them who have rendered her whole. She called them and they came and they could see that she now has a new nature. Came the end of the story of that woman, and today we are still reading her. I tell you, when you've received a new nature, we will read you all through life. It cannot be compared to the old, it can never be compared to the old. I want you to close your eyes at this moment and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. It has reached me. Please save me from my destruction. Come into my life today.
Well, I'm sure you enjoyed that message from the woman of God, Apostle Helen Rufdok, you know. And now we'll be entering our social segment with a very interesting item. We'll be talking about disability, living with and handling the trauma of uh, living with a, a relative uh, with disability. But before that, I um, enjoy this nice reggae, reggae music. This is by Pastor Kofi from Ghana, from the Royal House Chapel. Uh, 
basically, uh, I think uh, we've been looking at the basic disability and uh, how it affects us all, but especially in terms of uh, uh, how we all relate to people with disability. Uh, society, uh, family members and neighbors and stuff like that. Uh, because I think there's a need for more awareness and also maybe a, 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 a greater uh, level of, let's say, empathy, if you like, uh, for people with disability. Because sometimes people tend to be pushed on the side or ignored because they have a disability. But that by no means... Uh, let's say knocks them out of the rest of life or out of society. Mm. They don't need to be sidelined. So, uh, with this series of topics and uh, with this very one, uh, we're glad you're here anyway. Uh, we hope to help everybody to take a more positive attitude towards people with uh, some sort of disability. Uh, okay, now, uh, which family member of yours has? A disability or has suffered a disability and what was it if you would like to share with our listeners yeah um the family member that has a disability in my family is my father okay and um the way he came to have this disability is because of um, his sugar he's a diabetic he's a diabetic yeah and um for well the, the diabetes has been in my family since my grandmother yeah because she also suffered from diabetes okay. and she um, was also um but that was high diabetes of high blood she wasn't um, she didn't gain weight but yeah. she rather lose weight and um and because of that's your grandmother my grandmother it started first by my grandmother yeah. and yeah. she she got amputated oh really she amput- yeah she amputated one leg and um and i don't remember the year when she died but she died recently really yeah she died recently i think it was in 2004. so you mean your father's mother my father's mother was um, suffered from diabetes and the same diabetes um came up in my father's um life um you know not not so long ago like for now for almost 10 years he but he had diabetes all along but you know it, it started to take effect on him 10 years ago and in 2006 when I moved to Holland um, my father got a cut in his foot which brought infection um, for diabetes for diabetes is very dangerous for him to have a cut you know because the the wound doesn't heal as quick and um, there's a lot of of, you know problems that come to you and he also um suffered from from uh, from sugar and yeah he also had to amputate his uh first they cut out his toes that's where it started Mm. it started by cutting out the infected toes and then the infection spread to the other toes and they also cut the toes and before you know it there was a leg and after that was two legs yeah oh it went so so you know it was aggressive really yeah. Yeah. it was very aggressive yeah it was very aggressive may i ask you how long yeah. how long did that take how long did that take i mean the cutting of those those two start way was it a, within a specific uh, a space of maybe two months three years or four years um, or was it so rapid yeah it, it went it went for my for my feeling it went quite fast because in 2006 that's when i came to holland my father had in around 2005, 2004, it was the first time that he cut off his toes. 
because the first thing, like the infection came, yeah. I think it was 2005, around 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. and from 2006 to 2000, from 2006 to 2012, yeah, six years, they they took both legs. Really? Yeah. Oh. Within six years, the, the infection took. Why did it go that way? Was it that the, it wasn't medical, yeah. good medical uh, attention? Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about, um, you know, how, how it goes in the medical field, but in my feeling, I know what people told me that, yeah, yeah it didn't have to go that far. Mm, it didn't have to go that far. It didn't have to go that far to cut off um, yeah. both legs. Yeah. But, um, you know... Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's, it's on the hand of the doctor, but uh, I think that the diabetes was very aggressive, yeah. and also the lifestyle that my father was having at the time. You know, um, poor, uh, poor diet. Yeah. You know, and um, also um, drinking. Okay. He was, he was, he was, he was, yeah. Yeah. You know, he was doing. He was eating bad. Okay. Let me say that. But he was yeah. eating yeah. bad food, and yeah. because of the, his diet, you know. Yeah, also. Mm. So his lifestyle he didn't. He didn't adjust his lifestyle yeah. to accommodate his yeah. health condition. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this program, we are highlighting um, the issue of uh, uh, disability. Uh, with a family member or relative and how that affects us. As you know, we've been talking for some time now, uh, bringing the focus on disability in society and how we all relate to it. And so if you are following the program and you have a question or remark, uh, you please feel free to give us a call on the studio line 020737-1619. Now, this is a, a relative of uh, someone with a disability sharing his uh, experience uh, on the, of the impact of this sort of situation. Uh, so you know what we are doing here. Uh, wow. Now, how has that affected you as a person uh, since this whole thing unfolded? Uh, I, you know, while you while you were talking, I just wonder. I, I was about to ask you, perhaps jokingly, uh, you know, in the Caribbean, you know, because of the sugar plantations and all that. Mm. So I was wondering, how did the, that thing come into the family in the first place? Was it because of uh, there was too much rum, you know, in those days, <laughs> being consumed by the, you know, by 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 those of those of them working on the plantations or so what? I have no clue. I have no clue. No clue. Came, but I, I yeah. think I think it came by the diet. The diet as well. Because you yeah. know the diet is so important in in yeah. Martin and yeah. in the Caribbean. Yeah. You know we we have a tendency to um to to party a lot. You know the lifestyle that we live in is, is free. You know yeah. and a lot of hanging out. A yeah. lot of you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a Caribbean, you know. Yeah. You know how life goes there, but yeah. um, they say that it's something genetic because my grandmother had it, yeah. and my father also received. Yeah, but how did she get it? That's I the point. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think it's the diet, but that's, what, that's my opinion. That's opinion. opinion. We don't yeah. know for sure. I don't know for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Now. Uh, for you as a person, I want to talk about how this affected you as a person. Did it put fear in you? Uh, did it make you become a bit more uh, empathetic towards uh, people with disabilities? Just tell, share with us a bit about your own uh, feelings. My experience was, it was, you know, to, to start off when my father got, um, when my father started to lose his legs, yeah. and, you know, they started to amputate him. I wasn't around. Around. I wasn't around. Oh. I was in, I was here in the Netherlands. My father was in Saint Martin. Okay. And I haven't. Seen, I, the 
this from the time I've, I've never seen my father mm. in the span of nine years. Okay. In the span of ten years, I yeah. didn't see my father. Yeah. So that means I didn't see my father without his legs. Wow. So I was just taking phone calls from him, talking to him, you know, because there are times you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to go to, to, to the island and yeah. to see him. Yeah. So in that span of time, what it did to me without seeing it, yeah. I was. I was worried. Lord. I was worried for myself. Yeah. I was worried for like you know what will happen to me if I also you know um, I had start um, feeling the effects of diabetes at a later age. Yeah. So it put me to think. Start putting me to you know really start to think. Only to think of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. But the moment I saw my father. Yeah. It was a whole different thing than just hearing about it. Yeah. Okay. Because it struck me from wow, he's really disabled. Mm. And the man that I used to, you know, he used to carry me yeah. around because my father was a very strong man. He yeah. was. He, the, the, the funny thing about it, my father was admired because of his legs. Yeah. Because he was the fastest swimmer on the island. Really? They used to, yeah, he was the fastest swimmer on the island. They used to call him. They used to say that he can even swim faster than a shark. Wow. And he was a very sportive man. He was a boxer. He had a very um, sporty, was a very um, sporty guy. Yep. And from seeing him, from being a, a guy that you know everybody admires, everybody knows, mm -hmm. to the person that is in the home without legs, mm -hmm. it really shocked me. Like, wow! So this is how life can 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 treat you sometimes. Yes. It can give you the opposite of yeah, what, what you have been, what yeah. you have been doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the yeah. boxer, he was a boxer. His arms is not you know working that well yeah, yeah. because of the the nervous system was broken because he was really boxing okay. as a professional, not professional, but you know as a sport. Mm -hmm. And so what I did to me is it, when, so the moment I saw it, yeah. it, it really struck me from wow, I really have to be careful, you know, be careful of my lifestyle and try to learn as much from my father as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, did he share with you uh, his thoughts on the experience he's had in your absence and what did he tell you? To be careful about how did he advise you or talk to you about his condition and how you, you should be careful, for example? Well, the, the first thing my father started to talk to me about is um, his diet. He told me to be careful of what he's eating. Um, he, also, um, he also tried to, you know, when I was with him, um, he was just telling me to, to, to you know, to, to have fun. Not have fun in life, but appreciate life. Appreciate everything that you do and appreciate the people around you. Mm -hmm. Because one thing, my father, he was a very, very, very well-known guy. He was a postman in the island. Mm -hmm. And being a postman on a small island, you know how you have to know where everybody lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in those times when you know, they didn't have computers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So what he taught me when I saw him is to just to just be good to everyone, you know, and, and try to live and, and, and protect yourself. Yeah. Because people won't protect you at a long run. And when I also saw my father, teaching other people yeah. was to stay strong because mm. I had a cousin yeah. who was a bit overweight and my father didn't like it. Being a guy with no legs, my father trained her mm -hmm. to stand up every morning and to sport, sport and to and to lose weight because when my father had just one leg, yes. he was still climbing mountains to do his things. Yeah. With one leg. Wow. So just so what he taught me, you know, directly and indirectly is to always stay motivated, yeah. always, you know, be active in life and be careful of what you're doing and you know, just check yourself. Mm. Wow. Now, um So what what how how 
instability changed uh, uh, your father's life then? Is it for better or for worse now? Um, my father, even though he has no legs, you know, because the time, the only thing that I saw that really struck him and was painful to him was not having his children around him at okay. the time, yeah. because we weren't around, yeah. you know, when he lost his leg. That was, the, the nurses at the home told me that he really struggled with that, you know, and, but yeah. every, even though we were calling him every week, yeah. he was calling us every week, he really missed us, yeah. missed yeah. the family. Naturally. Naturally, yeah. yeah. But um, even seeing that, he always happy. He's always happy. Mm-hmm. He's always he was. He's the first person. He's a happy guy. Even like if there was one person, uh, a, a music artist that came to the home yeah. to visit mm-hmm. and to have a concert. My father stole the whole show. How did it? Because he was dancing on the wheelchair. Oh, he was dancing. He was the most active person there, and he stole the whole show. So even being disabled, well, like, has not limited his life. It didn't limit his life. That's the positive uh, side of it. Okay, precisely, that's the point. Now, the way society tends to regard or to treat people with disability yeah. is a big concern for people with that with that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel sometimes sidelined by so-called able-bodied people. Yeah, sure. And, 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 and sometimes they tend to look down on them with, or look at them with some sort of pity Mm-hmm. And, and sympathy with the actually is demotivating to them. You see, and so uh, people with disability are actually advocating, advocating or asking for, as it were, better treatment. You know, uh-huh. and those who are supposedly able-bodied need to become more aware of the potentialities of people with disability. Uh-huh. And, and, and to give them more chances, as it were, yeah. you get a picture. And so uh, the whole idea is for us to become more, um, you know, open to this idea that people with disability are fully functional, mm-hmm. even though they may have, uh, you know, issues at one aspect or the other of their lives. But they should be given every chance. Yeah. Uh, last week we had a show here when. Uh, a lady who had a disability because she had tumor, I think you were here as well, uh, uh, who feels the discrimination that, uh, spoke about the discrimination she feels when, like, applying for a job because she's in a wheelchair now, you know. Otherwise, she's fully okay and she's active, so to speak. And so I think this is something that in our society, uh, perhaps maybe in the African or Afro-Caribbean culture, or, or maybe the, the Negro, uh, you know, race. Perhaps we need to, you know, uh, give more chances to family members or relatives or neighbors who have their disability, uh-huh. uh huh. Because the way you treat somebody can either motivate or demotivate the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we need to uh, treat them with a more positive and a more energy boosting. That is you, you know, to, because some people would decide, actually what I know is that when people develop disability in one area, the, the whole body tends to compensate for that in another way. So they develop other aspects of their lives and they begin to shine in those other areas. You see, so actually the disability becomes hidden, mm-hmm. as, it, as it were. Like you said, your, your dad was dancing all over the floor, he stole the show. I mean, this is unthinkable. Really mm-hmm. Normally somebody with, in, a, in a wheelchair 
will be isolated to a corner and left all by him or herself. I'm uh, feeling, you know, made to feel miserable as if he or she cannot participate in society. You see, these are some of the things we want to uh, correct um, so that we see people who have a disability as normal. I mean, it's, they, they should look very, very normal to us. You get a picture. Yeah, so, let me ask you, have you, have you had time to uh, ask your father what it's like for him to live a normal, everyday life uh, with uh, disability? Um, I, 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 did, I didn't ask him that question specifically, mm-hmm. how it is, but um, what, what I've noticed from my uncles, because my uncles are the ones um, are taking care of him as well, mm-hmm. um, they, they try to... They, they, they try to bring him in to normal life as, as much as possible. My uncles are, you know, are, are really the ones supporting him and trying to bring him in to, 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 that, to that rhythm of life, like taking him to the beach and going there, speaking to him, bringing him to activities. Yep. But even though when I was there, I noticed that being disabled, it, it, especially on an island, it, it, um, uh, there's not much... Um, there's not much ways for you to transport yourself around. Okay. When oh, it comes, yes. Yeah, you know, yes. when it comes to the yeah. buses, yeah. And when it comes to the roads and the cars, yeah. if you have a personal driver that can pick you up and take, take you where you want to go. So different matter. Yeah. Yeah, different yeah, yeah. So in that sense, it, it limits him to going to going to the place that he wants to go. Say yeah. if he wants to go to the beach, he yeah. can't go to the beach. He lets you, he's someone who was born in the water. Yeah. He was literally born in the water, you know, yeah, on the yeah, beach. Yeah. And he wants to go to the beach, but not all the time he can go. Yeah, yeah, so he has yeah, to yeah. come from the mountain and, yeah. and go yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that, so that, that, that yeah. breaks him down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. It feels yeah. that he's not participating in the things that he loves to do. Yes, yes, but yes. the moment you put him inside the water, he's a fish. Really? He just <laughs> swim. He, he swims. <laughs> so that, Amazing. you know, we have to find ways to, you know, because my father is someone who likes to swim, for example. If you know that a person loves a certain activity, yeah. always love that activity. Yeah. Try to make that as, as, as much as possible for yeah. that person to, to, partic- to participate in that activity. Yeah. That would be the thing that, you know, that would... That would be a positive thing to do, to give yeah. to the person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think um, uh, we'll be taking a short break right now, and then uh, we will bring uh, this uh, discussion further.
issue plaguing African minority groups in the Netherlands. I'm going to hand over to Apostle Larry. Talking, Apostle, please, can you come over to the side? <laughs> Are you happy there? <laughs> All right. <laughs> As introduction, the position, visibility, and relevance of the minority African nationals living in the Netherlands requires a strategic review and repositioning. with other minority groups living in this country, African nationals ought to strive to become more visible and nationally relevant through its people and activities. So in this show, we will like at some of the issues, we will look into some of the issues plaguing the African community and how this should be addressed. Our guest today is Dr. Randos, Augusto de Campos Neto, who works with the Ministry of Social Affairs and Work Opportunities in the Netherlands. We will also want to remind you that we are broadcasting right now on 105.2 MHz ETA and 103 cable. And you can as well follow this broadcast online via salto.nl slash razo and then you will be connected. You also feel free to give us a call on the studio line should you have any question for our guest. On 020-737-1619. So with all humility, let all our fans this hour help me receive our own person, Mr. Augustus de Campos. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you for welcoming me. Yeah. Well, so uh, let me take it over from here. But thank God, you feel it better now? Yes. We're supposed to have had this broadcast uh, uh, last week. Yes. You're feeling better. And I see you looking good also. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Now, you know, the issue of uh, uh, the visibility of uh, minority groups, especially the Africans eh, from yeah. this country, is very important. And uh, I think there are different sides to it, but we would like to uh, hear your perspective on it uh, in this discussion. Okay, we believe that you have a wealth of experience uh, and knowledge about the issues affecting minority groups such as the Africans, the yeah. Turkish community, the Afro-Caribbeans, etc., etc., in this country. Now, how did you come to know so much about all these uh, minority groups that are in the country? Um, well, um, I'm 42 years old, and I used to work um, here in Amsterdam Southeast for yeah. the municipality, for the Stadt del Zuidoost, yeah. uh, concerned with... Uh, I was a policy officer, a policy advisor on public safety and security. And in those 12 years that I worked here, I came a lot in contact with all those groups, minority groups. Yeah. Uh, I was, all, I'm also, I was raised here in Amsterdam Southeast, and it's a melting pot of cultures. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that only already gives you a lot of experience and knowledge. Mm. Uh, and I know now I'm working uh, at the Ministry of Social Affairs for uh, one year, yeah. um, 
in, in my job, I also come in contact with minority groups and, and, and people and key persons. So uh, through the work, I gained experience, also through life, uh, through where I lived. I used, also used to live in Amsterdam West, yeah. where there are a lot of the, where the uh, Moroccan and Turkish community is, is yeah. big. Yeah. Uh, I was raised here in Southeast with the, with the Surinamese and the, from Curaçao and Africa and Africans. Uh, I'm, I'm myself, I'm, I'm, uh, my roots are in Angola, Cape Verde and Portugal. So all that mixed together gives you a lot of experience and that combined with your work experience, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it gives you some knowledge about how groups uh, are surviving and living here in the Netherlands. Yeah. And I, use, I try to use that knowledge and experience to advise uh, not only uh, the municipality or, or the ministry, but also the communities themselves. So, yeah. I think this is where we need a uh we're going to leave you. So I, I asked that question on purpose so that whoever's listening would know uh, from which background you are discussing. Yeah. You're not just, you know, blowing hot air, yeah. but that uh, you, you really have your feet on the ground yeah. in this in this issue. Okay. Um, now, what do you think are the, the main issues affecting minority groups? Uh, and I want us to talk about this in very broad terms. Yeah. Now, Minority groups have an issue of being visible, of not being visible. Some, of course, yeah. but some are visible. Yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, can we outline in broad terms issues that are affecting minority groups and may perhaps hindering their being an effective part of society? Yeah. I mean, effective and tangibly, you know. Yeah. Would you outline for us? in broad terms, yeah. what the issues are? Well, people nowadays use uh, terms like integration and, and assimilation or inclusive society. Yeah. But what I see is uh, that, that there are a lot of minority groups yeah. still struggling to find their way to the system, to, uh, to institutions, uh, to knowledge, to information. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't know don't, don't the way. Yeah. how to find it yeah. and that gives already a lack of information and the lack of information has sometimes big consequences mm-hmm. uh, uh, families who don't know how to get support for the children yeah. or uh, parents who don't know how the school system works and then they just take advice from the school just like that okay yeah, and then the, yeah there are a lot of stories that people uh, get a lower level of at school advice than they actually are capable of yeah. yeah and then they deserve and then you get those stories that, that people that children go to the FAMBO, then to the HAFO, yeah. and then FAVIO, and then eventually university, and it takes them 12 years instead of six years. Yeah. So lack of information and lack of, 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 of how to deal with things, to, 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 to know the structure of the system, the Dutch way of, 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 of handling with things, that gives sometimes uh, uh, a, a lesser position than other, other, other people. Yeah. And, and if you don't know your way to find the system, you don't know how to address things also mm-hmm. uh, how can you how can uh, for example the African community address things to a local com- uh, local uh, government how to put things on the local agenda mm-hmm. so you can uh, ask, ask attention for things that are going on in your community mm-hmm. if we don't do those things and we limit we stay limited to ourselves yeah. uh, like you said earlier don't don't limit yourself but Broaden your options. Eh? That was a little bit your message. Eh? Use that force within you to to broaden up yeah. and not to limit yourself. Because 
that's sometimes what we do. If we don't know the way, then we we, we stay in a safe zone, yeah. and that is our own community. Mm-hmm. And that's how sometimes you hear that from the people. Yeah, the African community it's is not closed. visible, it's closed, or uh, the Turkish community or the Moroccan community is closed. Um, but especially from the African community, yeah, they are closed. Uh, it's a happy community. They go to the church and they work hard, but we don't nothing don't know nothing about them. Okay, this is the part that uh, we need you to really, really. Uh, explain. Yeah. Uh, for our, we've heard this uh, kind of terminology or description yeah. of our communities several times. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in our own small way, we've been trying to get more visible. Yeah. Uh, but if you, in more concrete terms, if you talk about visibility, uh, you mean you spoke in the beginning about integration. But can you say how would? The central government, for example, or even the local government, want to see African communities or minority groups become more visible. Can you make it itemized yeah, yeah, yeah. broadly? Well, uh, what I always say, uh, what advice is uh, for a community or a group is organize yourself, mm-hmm. make an agenda for, for what is what is what are the priorities, yeah. and then try to make come up come up with a strategic plan how to get to address those things to the local community mm-hmm. because that helps uh, to local government because. Because it also helps the local government to see what's going on and to understand what's going on within the community. So you have to organize yourself, mm. mobilize, and discuss with each other what are the hot topics that are concerning in that are concerning us, that are very important in our community to to handle, and that we need help, or that we need to understand regulation on how to deal with those things. Yeah. And then go to your local government or to your local uh, policy advisor, and 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 just. Try to get it on the agenda. Try to get to ask for attention, for for their attention to deal with it. And um, but if we don't do that, mm. uh, we stay in our structures that we have in our own circle, yeah. then nothing will happen. Because um, sometimes local government or national government uh, doesn't has any knowledge about communities. They think sometimes they have, but they don't have it, or they only know two or three people, and they think they base their reality on those three people. Yeah. <laughs> And and they also only base their reality on what kind of information that those people give to them. Mm. But if you organize as a community and you come up with the agenda, mm-hmm. and especially around election time, you come up and you go to the to the local government, to the local council. You say these are the issues that we have, mm. and we really need to address them because it's important for these and these reasons. Mm. And if we don't do that, then we see that this can go wrong. Um, and and. and local governments yeah. to understand your community but also to work together. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask something. Yeah. So yeah. if that VD case, uh, I think uh, that would be a very um, a very wrong way for the government to be looking at the minority groups. I mean, if they will work just with a few people that do come to them, that wouldn't give a clearer perspective of who this community, of these minority groups are. So uh, I think there should be a way for them to uh, carry out their research, then yeah. have uh, come up with some con- con- conclusions before they would tag people, uh, before they will, they will say uh, they are not, uh, they, the people are close, the people. Uh, so have they carried some researches yeah, which, which prove yeah. that indeed these people are closed or is it based on assumption? 
Yeah, uh, to carry research, you need to have contact with communities. Sometimes, uh, because it, I'm not saying that the government, the local government, is not willing, but sometimes they don't know have they don't know, know the ways and how to come in contact with the community to to ask the 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 right questions and to yeah. understand what's going on. Because uh, sometimes uh, the, it, it, uh, those are, it, uh, it are assumptions, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it's also also research. But research are some are numbers, are statistics. Yeah, it's true. So uh, we work a lot on statistics. Yeah. But we need the story behind those statistics. Yeah. yeah it's true. Uh, statistics can say, yeah, 10% of uh, the females are unemployed. But that doesn't say anything. Why are they unemployed? What's happening? What's preventing them from getting a job? Uh, what is what? What do they need? Yes. And yes. and if they come with general policy to 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 address those, to address those issues, because we have general policy about uh, maybe unemployment, but. Every society has their own characteristics Absolutely. and and their own uh, infrastructure. Yes. And uh, maybe from for African community, uh, sometimes you have to uh, find your way through the church, or you have to find a way through no, no, no. communities or key yes. persons yeah. to reach the persons that you yeah. need to re- really need to reach. Exactly. And um, so the government is willing, or local governments can be willing, yeah. but they sometimes don't know how to weigh or to, f- 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 to ask the right questions. Yeah. And then they uh, base their policy on statistics. Yeah, yeah. But statistics don't tell everything. It's true. Yeah. So true. And on the other side, that's why it's for us also important to stand up yeah. and to say, well, those statistics can say something, but they don't, they don't tell everything. Yeah, it's true. They have to tell, we have, we have to tell what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And we are capable to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Do they give us that opportunity to be able to come boldly to present what we are feeling, you know? Well, they they, they, they give it and they, they give and they, they, they don't give. They give on, uh, there are some municipalities like Sassados, and time and time they do have those meetings, wijkbijeenkomsten, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. people can tell what's going on in their lives. Yeah. 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 And that, those are the moments that you can tell, okay, this is going on, this is concerning me. But that sometimes that information about those, only about those meetings that doesn't reach people. Yeah. Or people, well, they have other struggles and they think, well, it's tomorrow at eight, I don't have time, I won't go. Yeah. But you have to make time to go there and to it's tell true. what's going on. And on the other side, nothing's prevent us to to call or to go to the municipality and go to the to the front desk and to say today I want to talk with with this this person yeah. or to request to talk with the wet howler or to talk with yeah. so you can also take your step towards the yeah, 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 but, but, but they have yeah. put so much limitations uh, the fact that they would uh, it's like if you cannot speak the Dutch fluently if you cannot understand fluently or clearly so you will be in those meetings and yet they are not beneficial because the language of communication yeah. is purely Dutch and they don't care if any other person doesn't understand is there. Do you understand? Yeah. Uh, so it becomes a bit difficult for people to just go there and just be like a moron. No, but that's why that's why in that's why we have to be resourceful and I yeah. think we have now second generation yeah. and third generation yeah. even. Yeah. And they and, and we should work together and they can translate it to us. Yeah. Eh, for, exactly. To the ones who don't understand it. Yeah. So to ask your, your son or daughter to come or maybe ask your son or daughter to represent you. Yeah. Ask someone to represent you there. Sometimes I think if these are the limitations that, that our institution gives you or the government, you can do two things. You yeah. say, okay, give up, okay, 
they're saying, I'm not going to speak Dutch, okay, yeah. I won't go. Or you'd be resourceful and find another way to make your message still clear. Exactly. To pass, pass on the message that you want to pass on. So then find that person who can translate it for you, or find that person, or find that nephew or niece, yes. and ask them to come with you so you still can give, pass on your message, what you want to say. Yeah. So you have to sometimes be resourceful within the limitations that are there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think it's a very, very valid point, so that... Uh, uh, yeah, I think the, the language limitation uh, is becoming like an excuse to really deny ourselves of a lot more that we yeah. be benefiting us. Yeah, and I think what he said, if the first generation are not Dutch, lit, uh, Dutch literate yeah. and cannot really communicate or bring across the issues in Dutch, yeah. then we should follow on the younger generation who yes. are more capable. Yeah. Okay, so this calls for a sort of uh, mobilization or organization of ourselves in a way that yeah. we can properly interface with what's playing out in the society or the uh, municipal level or the governmental level. You see, yeah. so this is where I want to know. Now, uh, from you, I know from, from your experience that uh, the minority groups are different. You have uh, Moroccans, yeah. Turkish, but, and the Central Africans as well. Yeah. And the Surinamese community, the Afro-Caribbean, the rest of the Afro-Caribbean community. Now, they, they are di at different stages in terms of um, their visibility yeah. in the country. Yeah. Can you give us a, a general view of your perception of, I mean, in terms of gradients of visibility of this group? So we see who is where and what needs to be done to, <laughs> make, <laughs> to bring more visibility. Oh, just your own estimation, by the way. Yeah, generally, uh, well, the Surinamese and, and the from, people from Curaçao, yeah, because their colonies, they were colonized, and their colonies from the Netherlands, yeah. they're more visible because they already know the language, they know the system, because yeah. they're schooled in the Dutch uh, school That's system. Yeah. So they can make, they're visible. Yeah. Um, uh, and sometimes uh, it's the question, are they using their visibility enough yeah. to get their uh, things done? No, yeah. uh, but they're visible. Uh, and also, uh, if, if you look at the, the Moroccan community, they also found their way to make them visible because they organized themselves very good. Okay. Uh, yeah, also yeah, also right. political... Longer, longer, longer than the, maybe the African community. Yeah, yeah also. And, uh, but also they organized themselves good. They're politically also more visible. Uh, you have uh, two mayors already, yeah. uh, one in Arnhem and one in Rotterdam. Um, they're represented in, in, uh, in local politics. Yes. Um, so you see, they're also visible. Yeah. Um, um, if I look at the Africans, um, well, they're in the, in the city councils. Yeah. There are uh, just a few, few you few. can name, and um, and I see there's a lo there's a lot of work that can be done to make yourself more visible on those spots. So if you look more at the at the political level yeah. and, and and where where they where they are where they are, then you can say that yeah, that the the, the, the Surinamese and the, from the Kukurusau and, and from Moroccan community in, in Turkish. Yeah, if you look at Denk, at Denk, the party Denk, yeah, you could say what well, yeah, people could say what. Well, of them what they want, they're Turkish, uh, uh, but they made themselves visible because they thought, well, we have different opinions and standpoints, we create our own party, mm -hmm. you see what, what they are now. 
so yeah, the visibility is is, is there. And um, but from the Africa, the Africans, yeah, I, I say there's a there's a long long so way to go. To yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then the last elections, there already is some more Africans on the election list there, the Kiezers list. Yeah. And that's a good development. That's a good sign. And now we have to proceed to the next elections and to take it further and to to be and then for them to be more active. So, um, well, yeah. we're yes. going to tell you very bad news. I think we're coming little by little. <laughs> we're coming little by little. Yeah. And, uh, it's, the, the, yeah. it's too gradual. It's too slow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if, if you see for the time. There's some reasons you yeah. think may, may, may be why we are in this, uh, why we are so slow. Yeah, well, what I think is, uh, like I said before, uh, we, we, as we say, Africans, we we feel safe in our own circle, in our community. Yeah. The, the church also has a, a big impact. Right. Eh? Yeah. It gives us a lot of of comfort and safety. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think that people, for them, that's enough. Mm. Gives them enough comfort. Uh, but when they get confronted with issues that are, have, has to do with, with, with local policy and everything, um, then that's the moment they don't know the way. Yeah, 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 and then they, they, they try to find uh, help within their own community, within their own circle. But sometimes it's not enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we have to step outside that circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the no church is giving them uh, uh, benefits, you know, social benefits. Like uh, when they are not working, they need they still need money. Yeah. So no church is doing that. No church is giving them yeah. their social benefits. So no, they don't need to because we don't have that. We're not so rich like that to be giving social benefits to our members. So they need to step out. And if if we need to um, learn the language, force ourselves to learn the language and mix up. Because for me, I think... I don't see the reason why we have to leave Africa, come here, and be clustering in groups again. I mean, it's not, you must allow the, 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 the integration and the world yeah. assimilation to take place. Yeah. And then you take some things that are good here, and you know, process them within your soul, and then and assimilate them. And yeah. the things that are not good enough, you leave them. But yeah. to totally reject that, and then be in little, little cubicles, I don't yeah. think that is a way forward. Otherwise, we are in a foreign land, and here we are still very timid. Yeah. And then we go to Africa, we have nothing to show that yeah. we are being to, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, I, I was, I was, I, yeah, I have the luck. I, I was born here, yeah. so, so. It's for, it's for me, it was easy to know everything, the structure and how yeah, the country works. You're a Dutch. Yeah, I'm a Dutch, Dutch African. <laughs> but for people who come here, and I can understand this, because you come in a strange country, everything is new, you don't know the way. You go to the place that's very uh, familiar. With you, yeah. yeah. And, and that's also a challenge for the, the people already here yeah. to help those people who are new, to, to guide them in the Netherlands, in a yeah. new, new country, yeah. uh, to show them that things are not as scary as they think or yeah. or uh, and 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 also that 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 other people are willing to help yeah ask okay. for help yeah yeah okay but uh, to facilitate you know this uh, thing we're talking about really uh, and it's easier as a group as an entity uh, to deal with these issues, like even to approach the government, yeah. uh, like you said, if people organize themselves, you know, then they bring their issues forward, they're able to interface with the government, and the government can interface with them, yeah. uh, things like that. I know for a fact that there are several um, 
African, let's see. Lubot, I'm going to actually end that broadcast there. Thank you so much for your company. And uh, I just want to leave you with this music. And until then, take good care. We'll see you next week. By God's grace. Read.